Let's just open with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning and we pray, Lord God, that you would open our hearts, open our minds, and we pray, Lord God, that we will absorb that which needs to be absorbed. Father, we stand on your promises in, in your word. You've shared with us and you've told us that your word will not return void unto you. And Lord God, we stand on that this morning. Father, may we uh, absorb this word and as we absorb it, may we grow closer to you. We ask all of this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. running out of hands. Um, I'm just going to let this, this message that I have and the remarks that I have, I'm going to let them unfold naturally. So just bear with me, please. I'm going to read this morning out of 1 John chapter 5. We've been plowing through the book of 1 John and this morning I'm going to read chapter 5, the first 12 verses. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God to keep his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Remember that. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that testify, the spirit, the water, the blood. And the three are in agreement. We accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God, which he has given about his son. Whoever believes in the son of God accepts this testimony. Who does not believe God has made him, who does not believe has made God to be out a liar because they have not believed the testimony God has given about his son. And this testimony, God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. Amen. Uh, I've got to keep on remembering. I, I, I can talk very loud, but uh, I know that some of you, your hearing has degraded, so. Um, and, and I didn't mean my wife. I, I, I really didn't mean my wife. I was, a, I was approached this past week, and I really had my, myself built up. I felt, oh, <laughs> yeah, right. I had... Tyler, come to my house. By the way, Tyler and 
and the gang arrived safely on Tuesday night. He slipped me off a message to say, we've arrived, but I could read between the lines, even though there were just two words. He's arrived, and I think it was the longest two days that they've had in a long while. Anyway, Tyler came to my house, and he, and he said to me, oh, I, I, I've got a huge big favor to ask of you. And I said, yeah. I'm always scared when it starts off like that. Yeah. And my, my, my answer was very hesitant, and, and I said to him, yeah. He said, I've asked everybody, and I need somebody to preach on Sunday. Would you preach for me on Sunday? Now, nothing does wonders for your self-esteem to know that you're not being asked because you're the best, <laughs> but you're being asked because you're the last one <laughs> that he can think of. So that's how I find, found myself yeah, this morning. I went, through, I went through the scripture and I read the scripture and I did a bit of studying on the scripture and a lot of things leapt out to me. And I thought to myself, I've got to try and do this the way that everybody has done it before me. In other words, try and follow Tyler's me methodology of setting it out, etc., 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 so that the people that are hearing this won't become confused. And I found that when I read 1 John, I saw a basic outline in 1 John. I, 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 the, the outline that I saw was a test of fellowship where we walk in the light. A test of sonship. In other words, practicing righteous loving of one another. And then the third thing was a test of abiding in the faith in Jesus Christ and our loving of each other by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We don't know what love is. <laughs> we, we, we really don't know. I, 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 it was something that, that grabbed hold of my mind and, and, and I started wrestling with it. We used to have a saying in, by the way, I speak proper English with an accent because I come from South Africa. Not Southern Africa, South Africa, the home of the mighty Springboks, the number one rugby team in the world. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I, I wrestled with this word love. We used to say in South Africa, we used to say that the, what's being practiced today in the world is not love, it's love. Yeah. It, it's because the emphasis is on so many different things. But when we read the word of God, we see what love, true love is about. You see, true love is about sacrifice. True love is about giving. True love, you want to see true love, get hold of a mother with a little child. And you see a mother that spends time, no matter where it is or when it is, looking after the needs of that child. There's nothing to me more demonstrative of love than a mother with a sick child. Because, boy, she will spend time. She, will, can, she can hardly walk, but uh, she will give her time. To that child that's love that's love and that's something that we in the world today we battle to grasp that we're very good at giving extremely good at giving um, because we we feel that and, and uh, this is my own thought we feel that when I give something my obligation to that person stops we take churches Canada is a beautiful country Canada 
I, I, got, I got to know the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior through the groundwork that was done in South Africa by a Canadian. Go figure. A man by the name of Austin Chawner. And he didn't come to speak to the white-skinned people. He came because God put on his heart to go and to minister to the Zulu people of South Africa, of Southern Africa. And it's, it's a long, long story, but uh, through that work, there was a work that was, that was uh, raised up to minister to the, to the European settlers that were there at the time. So, having said that, it, 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 it makes you realize that, that God had a plan for me even before I was born. Because Austin Chawner was in South Africa before I was born. Isn't that cool? Isn't that, isn't that great to know that that plan is there? The same thing that God has a plan for every single one of us in this place today to bring glory to his name by imitating his goodness and his grace in the world. This morning I want to have a quick look at the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit? I believe that basically it means that I need to be spirit-empowered and that only I can only have faith in Christ and love you all. Boy, when I look at your faces, I tell you, that's a job, to love you all. Yeah. And I can only do that <laughs> through the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Listen, there's a lot of times I say things and I offend people and I want to put it out there right now, a disclaimer. I have not going to go out there to offend anybody this morning. I hide behind the fact that I wasn't born and raised in this country. So if I say something wrong, give me the benefit of the doubt, please. <laughs> I'm, I'm a child of the 60s. A lot of us are children of the 60s. A lot of us. We're a dying breed. And I mean, we're a dying breed. <laughs> children of the 60s, people of the 60s, children that were born in the 60s, we didn't get it all right. We, we really didn't get it all right. But I want to tell you something. We got a lot of things right. We're the generation that have the responsibility for discovering, making, inventing things that we all enjoy today. Very few things that are in the world today were modern inventions. A lot of them we improved on, but a lot of them were brought into the world by the children of the 60s. Then we got old. <laughs> Man, I tell you, I always say to my grandchildren, our bodies get old. Our minds actually start getting younger. And I'm looking forward to the day when I'm 85 and I'm acting like a three-year-old. <laughs> yeah. And my wife reminds me constantly that you got to remember that when you get there, 
That includes having to wear a diaper. And I've said to her, I've never seen a three-year-old worried about wearing a diaper. So why should I? That's not in my notes, by the way. <laughs> the container gets old. But our spirits don't get old. My wife is a prime example of that. We have six beautiful grandchildren. We have two on the island, and we have four in Ontario. And uh, <laughs> we've seen some funny things. The, one of the funniest things I ever saw was my wife going down a hill in northern Ontario on one of these plastic discs with her granddaughter and hitting the bottom at one hang of a speed and not realizing because the snow is white, you don't see the highs and the lows and hitting a ramp that the kids had built at top speed and seeing a disc go one way, my wife go another way and a child go somewhere else. Um, I remember at the end of that ride that Jenny got up in installments. You know, that means she didn't get it up all at once. It was one part at a time. You know, and then her mind clicked in and all of a sudden, where's my granddaughter? Who was sitting in the snow uh, thinking that this was the coolest thing that she'd ever encountered in her life. And looked at her and said, can we do it again, Grandma? Can we do it again, Grandma? Yeah. We've had some tremendous fun with our grandchildren. Uh, I've been the one that's always been on reserve just in case we need to rush them to the hospital. So I try not to get involved in too much of their shenanigans. While we were down in Ontario over the summer, she, my wife actually put my grandchildren to bed not because it was bedtime, but they were exhausted and they couldn't keep up with her. We, the grandchildren that we have there are aged 8, 10, and 13. And then, of course, there's one that's 18. But she's, moms and dads will know what I mean if you've got older children. They, they're too old to be involved in childish things. Yeah. Well, Jenny took our grandchildren and she showed them what childish, childish things really were. They had the time of their life, but... She ran them ragged. I've got a photograph somewhere of my grandchildren. Uh, I, yeah, there they are there. Um, you'll notice there's one very, very, very prominent absence not there. Well, the person that's not on the picture, he was just sitting in the car waiting to take these people to the to the hospital in case they needed it because they were they were tubing down a river uh, in Ontario uh, which was very rocky and very swift um, and it it was a lot of fun but the the point that I'm trying to make is that we have an obligation to the younger generation not to tell them what not to do but to allow them to do and to grow and to embrace life. We have an obligation to the younger generation to allow them to understand this whole phenomena of who is Jesus Christ, who is in charge of the world, not to uh, get hung up on the things 
that are so prominent in everyday life, but to set themselves apart and to be an example to them about what Jesus is all about, what God is all about. You know, I grew up during an, a period where children were heard and not uh, were seen but not heard. I don't know whether that was like that in Can like that in Canada. But you you never spoke back speak back to your parents? What? I'll let you into a little secret. Don't let them hear about this. This is just between us and the 7000 people that are watching the the broadcast. But when we were young growing up, um, we never got hidings. <laughs> we used to get assaulted. <laughs> There's a difference between a hiding and being assaulted. When you get assaulted, your parents usually beat you with the first thing they could lay their hands on. I used to make sure that I wasn't in the garage where my dad was working on a car because the number 15 ring spanner along the side of your head, it's not fun. I would rather go where mom was because the worst that she could do was take off her slipper and smack you with that. I'm so glad in a way that those days are over. Sorry, I didn't hear that. Uh, I had so many broken. Uh, I had so many, and, th and then our children started getting brave. Where my eldest son used to say to Jenny, after she'd smack him, he'd look at her and say, "That didn't hurt. That didn't hurt." And out of sheer desperation, she used to say, "Just wait until Dad comes home." That was the end. The passage of scripture that we read this, this morning, I feel that verse 9 sums it all up. Verse 9 says, we accept man's testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God, which he has given about his son. Wow. You know, we, in this country, you are so, so apt in to wanting to find the latest book that has been written or follow the latest TV evangelist because he preaches a great message, etc., etc. But there's nothing, there's nothing that can take the place of the Bible. Absolutely nothing. Nothing can take the place of the Bible to get yourself quiet, to read the Bible, and to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal the word of God to you. Just take your time. You don't have to read a whole chapter in a day. You don't have to read 16 verses in a day. One verse can do it. Just one verse. To fill your tank for the rest of the day. To work. While you're, in, while you're doing your work. To feed off of that one passage of scripture. Verses 1 to 5. Emphasis on trusting Jesus. You, can, you can't trust Jesus unless you are renewed. Now, I've used the word renewed because some people find the word born again. 
that reminds us of those crazy guys that lift their hands and do all funny sort of clappy hat. I, I used to, I belong to that group of people. <laughs> and it's not about what you say, it's about what you believe. When this letter was written, there was so much false doctrine about Jesus. Every and, and, and I think as Canadians, we know what false doctrine is all about. Because every now and again, there's something new that is brought out. And there's, there's some great new uh, speaker or, or, or author or something that's got a new idea. And they bring it out and it's, oh, it sounds wonderful. That didn't start here. That started the day that Jesus went to heaven. Satan started warfare against our minds, against our thoughts. Some people believed that Jesus was just a religious fanatic. Others thought that he was mad. There were some who thought that he was really just a Jewish patriot and he, he, he wanted to really bring the Jews onto the map. He was very sincere, but badly mistaken. John came across the teaching that was predominant of the day. And that popular teaching was fighting against the fact that Jesus was merely a man. That's all he was. He was just a guy, like you and I, just an ordinary guy whom... God came upon him while he was hanging on the cross. And when he died, God left. And it was just an ordinary guy that lived and died. That's all. That's what I find so fascinating. I, 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 I do. And I, I find it so interesting. Uh, being a new Canadian, and, 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 and I, we've been in Canada, in Canada now for 24 years, 22. 20 years, 25, wow, <laughs> am I that old? <laughs> um, and yet my concept of Canada, when I stayed in South Africa, my concept, my thought, my concept of Canada was a group of people that loved God and wanted to do what they could for God. And yes, they are, like you guys, they are, there are people like that. But when I came to Canada and I saw how people of my generation were starting to not believe in Jesus Christ, it was almost a case of, well, we've tried that and, 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 and it doesn't work. We've tried that and, uh, yeah, that's old-fashioned. And I say to myself, what went wrong? What went wrong? Now, I'm not here to... To slag the country. I'm really not yet to slag the country. But I say, some, I say that sometimes we've lost our way. We've lost our way. We've, we've, we don't care about each other from our hearts. We care about each other from our pocketbooks or somewhere else. You see, we've, we've, we've lost the humanism. We've lost the, we've lost, we've lost the love of God for each other and we need to get it back we are all brothers and sisters 
And like brothers and sisters, I'm an only child, but I've got children that are brothers and sisters. And like brothers and sisters, it's not parties every day. Uh, one One of the most popular sayings in our family was, Dad, so and so's bugging me. Yeah. Or Jenny would have to go in and, and break up a fight between two siblings. But if anybody else touched one of those siblings, they closed ranks. And they said, if you touch them, you touch me. You know, be careful. I break your face. And I think that the time has come, that the, the time has really come. You know, I've sat in this church for four years, just over four years. And I've purposely, I've purposely, purposely tried to be as low-keyed, as low-keyed as possible. I've purposely not made myself available and branched out and said, oh, I'll do this and I'll do that and, 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 and what have you. I've tried to be very, very, very nondescript. First of all, because believe it or not, I'm an introvert. I know it doesn't sound like it. I'm an introvert, and I battle to make friends, and I battle to mix with people. So if ever you feel like you want to come and say hi, I I won't hide under a chair or rush to the washroom or anything like that. I'll say hi. But I find it very difficult. I find it very, very difficult. But there have been people in this church that have made me feel so welcome. So, so welcome. Another reason that we've been quiet is because island culture is different. <laughs> you might not believe that. You know, we, we, we landed in Canada in Ontario. We went to a little place. We went to spend two weeks in London, Ontario, and then we motored to uh, Peterborough so that I could go to Bible college. I was the oldest member at the Bible college at that stage, there were four of us. I was the oldest of the four. The students, <clears throat> there were quite a few students at that stage. They, they called us the geriatric squad. I don't know why. Um, so I, I, I want to share with you that when you very close to 50 and you go to a place like a Bible college in a country like Canada and you come from South Africa, you're either mad or you're being driven by God. It's, it's as easy as it. There's no middle way. Yeah. But we learned a lot in those five years. We learned a lot. We, we, we learned what, ma- what, what makes a Canadian tick. We thought we had it waxed because from, from Peterborough, we went, to, uh, we went back to London and then from London, we went to a little village called Thorndale, uh, near the town of St. Mary's, which is Stone Town, beautiful place. And, and, and from there, we went to a town called Mark's Day, which is in northern Ontario, close to Sudbury. So we moved around. And then we came to the island. <laughs> and uh, funny story. If I, I'm just going to break away and tell you the story. I was in the Bible college, the first day in Bible college, <clears throat> they had a, a, a combined service to welcome all the, new, all the new students. And we had three young men sitting in front of us. 
And I remember looking at Jenny and saying to her, I don't know what these guys are saying. I haven't got a clue. There must be a third language. It's not French. That I know, it's not French. It's not English. And I remember going to somebody and saying, excuse me, those three gentlemen, who are they? Where do they come from? Ah, my boy. He said, they come from Newfoundland. (laughs) (laughs) I had no clue what they were saying. But they were enjoying it. They really were. The the folks from Newfoundland became our adoptive parents while we were in Peterborough for those four years. They looked after us. They loved us. They used to love inviting us to their homes because we spoke funny. (coughs) Coming from somebody from Newfoundland, that's quite a thing. Um, so we, 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 we've, we've got to experience cultures and people in, in Canada. The island we found, I found the toughest to crack. I found the toughest to crack because island people have become a community very tightly knit. Very tightly knit community. And when people are a tightly knit community, they can do things that are not always understood. I was astounded to find that the most inventions in Canada come off the island. That's an actual fact. Ideas. People on the island have got amazing ideas. So the island was a place where we really came to grips. This passage of scripture, there's a part of it that I think is absolutely amazing. And it's the part where we hear God acknowledging who Jesus is. We hear God saying, when Jesus comes out of the baptisms, the water of baptism in Matthew 3.16, he comes and he says, and the voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. This isn't, this isn't a pine, this is God speaking at that stage. Further, we hear God speaking again in John 12.28. When Jesus says, Father, glorify yourself, and a voice from heaven comes and says, I have glorified it and will glorify it again. There were strange phenomena that happened on the day that Jesus died, which only could be ascribed to God being in control. The earth was darkened at 12 o'clock. There was a violent earthquake. The, 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 the veil in the, um, in the temple was torn from the top to the bottom. Now, that doesn't sound like much, but if you do a study on the temple and you look at the measurements of certain things, like, for instance, the curtain that hung between the Holy of Holies, it wasn't a little piece of frilly cloth that was hanging there. It was something that was huge. It was 30 feet by 9 feet, and it was almost 6 inches in thickness. It was torn as if it was nothing from the top to the bottom. 
supernatural powers were in play. The Bible tells us that God gave us the Holy Spirit to bear witness to Christ. And in John 15, 26, Jesus says, When the Counselor comes, who I will send to you from, from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. Remember, only the Holy Spirit was present when Jesus was ministering. And it's the same Spirit that's ministering to us today. We sometimes forget about it. We sometimes overlook the power of the Holy Spirit. Because we're more reliant on Joe Soap. He, he wrote a book. Or uh, Mother So-and-So just wrote something and explained what's in the Bible. We've, become a, we've, we've come to a place in our lives, society has come to a place in its life where it no longer wants to spend time. It's no longer prepared to go in for the long haul. I know what a long haul is all about. My wife knows, she really knows what a long haul is all about. We've been married 50 years. We always had a joke, which my children are now thinking is a little bit well-worn. We used to say that in the 50 years that we've been married, Jenny never considered divorce. Never, ever. Not because I was a good guy. But she considered murder on every occasion <laughs> conceivable. I read something this while I was preparing this, and I, it really grabbed my heart. And it said, the witness of the Father is past history, but the witness of the Spirit is present experience. The Holy Spirit witnesses in our hearts regarding the truth. How many of you have heard the saying, I know because I know. I know because I know. You see, when you've, when you've, when you've encountered the, the living Christ, you know. <laughs> you know that you've had an, an encounter with the living Christ. People can come to you and say, well, prove it. You can't. But you know that that was real. It wasn't an emotional thing. It, wasn't, it was a real change in your heart. The more time we spend in the Word, the closer we get to God. The more time we spend in God's Word, your bus is here. Psst. Your bus is here. Not a problem. No, you don't have to be sorry. The more, <laughs> the more time we spend in the Word, the closer we draw to God. That's the secret. That's the key. Spending time in the Word. And I know people are saying, oh, the Word, it can be so dry. Have you ever tried to read uh, uh, numbers? Oh, it, it's, oh, I want something that speaks to me. Well, Jenny and I have found, since I've been retired, that we are having more fun with God by getting into his word than we did before. And I think it's mainly because we're shutting up and letting God speak to us. Well, Jenny's not a noisy one. I'm the noisy one at home. The better we get to know God, 
the better we get to know who Jesus is, the better we can concentrate on him. All relationships are developed over a period of time. One of the biggest lies that Hollywood ever sold, young people, love at first sight. <laughs> when I look at some of you guys, that definitely wasn't at first sight. <laughs> I know that when my wife saw me, she didn't fall all over me. <laughs> if the door wasn't closed, we probably would never have got married. But she couldn't get out quick enough. I caught her before she got out. <laughs> We've been married, as I said, for 50 years. And in that 50 years, we are at the place in our lives now where one does something and the other one says, I was just going to do that. Or I, I, I thought about that. Or I, you know each other's thoughts. Which, as a guy, is kind of awkward sometimes, you know, because you don't want your wife to know all your thoughts. You know. um, but that's what spending time together means. And it, it's, if, if we take it to the spiritual level, if we take it to a spiritual level, and we allow ourselves to spend more time with God in reading His Word, He becomes closer and closer and closer to us. That when you wake up in the morning, it's not a case of, oh, jeez, I've got to read the Bible again. Yeah, I promised myself that I'd read this awkward passage. When you wake up, your eyes are hardly open and your heart is saying, morning, Lord, thank you for a good night's rest. You're not, you're not going on your knees and praying. You, you're talking to God all the time. We used to call them little arrows that you're firing to heaven all the time. And when you reach that stage, it's a wonderful stage to be. The more time we spend with God, the stronger our relationship grows. Now, I, I, <laughs> I could carry on talking all morning, but uh, I think now is a, is a good time to stop. And uh, the bad news is that on Monday night, or on whenever you do Bible study, don't try and remember what I've said so that you can do the Bible study, because you're going to be totally lost. Okay. But read the Word. Get into the Word that you've got to get into. Read the Word and allow the Holy Spirit to guide you into answering those questions. I hope that God strengthens you on the week to come. I hope that God goes with you everywhere you go. Moms and dads, I, I, I look at these folks with little children, and I say to myself, oh, if any grandparent wants a reason to thank God for something, just thank God. That you're not like those poor parents that are starting from scratch with those little children again. Hey, that's a, that's a reason to rejoice. Yeah. I know that my, my wife, if, if she could, she'd swap me for my grandchildren. I know she would. And I'd gladly go. 
But I think that if we if we if we're honest with each other, that we need to get to know one another a lot better. We need I find it the hardest thing, as I said to you in the world, to to make the first move. But I want to tell you something that as we get to know each other and we allow God to direct us in our knowing of each other, that this church will be so overcrowded that we're going to have to build a new building over there because people will want what we've got and that is the love of God which is being shared with one another let's pray Father, we come before you this morning and we say thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for everything that you did for us. Thank you for your word, Lord God. Thank you that your word makes us think, makes us realize who we are and what, and what you are. Lord God, we just pray this morning that you would take us through this week, that you would speak to us, that, Lord God, it's not about us. It's not about us, but it's about you, Lord. It's about you. And even when the times that are hard, Lord, when we go through those hard times, that's when you are so close and so real. Let us realize, Lord God, that when you run our lives, everything that happens to us is for our own benefit. It's to make us better and to make us more holy in your name. Father, we ask this coming week that you just minister to our hearts. We ask you this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.